Media.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The Gamezilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock, the Dine of Nine, Gamezilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, my co-host, the video guy, Player One Miggy! Yeah, give me some horns! Yes, yes, you'll get the horns. You'll get as you wish, Miguel. Man, I feel like I haven't pulled that one since, like... Jazzy days. Yeah, you know the reason it was really difficult to pull that? It was only two of us. Because <laughs> for a while it was two of us. So you'd be like, and like, my, my co-host, my, my dog Thor. Yeah, exactly. And of course, the audio producer, the man, the myth, the legend, the Deadite Knight. Woo! I'm here. Woo, woo, woo. I'm here. You just got 145 bits on Twitch. I'm getting mine. Thanks, Sashin. <laughs> paying, paying for my fine work. Welcome to episode 281 of the Games Little Podcast, brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, patreon.com backslash GameZilla Media. Go there today and start your patronage by financially supporting us here at GameZilla. It would mean the world to us. Your patronage can start at just $1 per month. The real good stuff comes in $5 per month. That's the where you get the exclusive content. Every single podcast here uh, on the Game Zilla Media Network presents a special show you can't get anywhere else right there on Patreon. So, uh, you know, are you a fan of Noiseland Arcade? Smart line. It's a good one. More Sim- more Simpsons goodness. Uh, the Legend of Retro guys have the Game Shark. Uh, Noobs and Dragons has behind the DM screen. So there's a ton of extra extra shows there available for you at the five dollar level. Patreon.com slash Games of the Media. Go there and start supporting us today. And uh, despite what you may have heard, we are not wasting all of our Patreon money on fresh, delicious bagels. That's just a rumor. It's not true. So what did I just eat then? That was a stale bagel I found in a dumpster behind a Kroger. Still good. All right, well, thanks, Deadite, for that bagel. It wasn't I even a bagel. <laughs> it, was a, it was actually just an English muffin I poked a hole in. Don't ask me how I poked it. Okay, well, that's just great. Don't ask me how I poked it. Uh, I think we want to... Uh, <laughs> I think we want to uh, also, before we get into the news, we want to just spend a couple minutes and say... Thanks to uh, Tony Morelli and the Morelli video game tournament that went down this past weekend. We had a really good time. We uh, Tony was able to raise a ton of money for the Humane Society. And yeah, it, it was, I think, the best turnout for his events so, to date. We raised over $1,000. By we, I mean the Glitch and the Morelli gaming tournament. But GameZilla were part of it. We helped. I mean, I'm a help with my money. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I uh, I help less with my money, but I still help with my money. Yeah. So, so you know, just on raffle tickets alone, it's amazing. It so, was yeah. a hugely successful event. So, congratulations to the glitch uh, and everyone at Gamezilla that helped him and support him in putting that event on. But uh, you know, him and his wife Danielle do a fantastic job putting on those tournaments twice a year. It's really cool to see the growth, and it's really cool to see the charitable aspect grow from this fun event that we've participated in for a few years now. And let's give it up for our champions. of of the tournament coming in and third place and I think his first time on the podium ever 
PMC! We're proud of him. Yes, We're proud we of are. A, a fine member of our community. But even bigger news. A man that has taken first seed multiple times. Someone that had high expectations since the first time I invited him, expecting him to win it all for the GameZilla Media community. He was our ringer all along. He was our ringer, the man, the myth, the legend, coming in as second place. First time on the pedestal. The podium, I meant to say. <laughs> EA Spuds! Yeah. Woo! Also give him the horns now. It's, it's tough because, really, he has me to thank for his success. He does, yeah. Yeah, you, you coached him. I coached him to the yeah. best of my ability on how he to play Mortal Kombat. And, and then he took his natural gaming aptitude and took it took it to the top. Right. And and because the, you know what they say, if you can't do, coach. That's right. And I clearly cannot do because mm -hmm. I got 28th place at the tournament <laughs> this year. Yeah, I got 11th place. But um, so then coming in at first place, once again, I believe the first time on the podium and to round out the GZM sweep, first place, Xander! Oh, from the legend of retro. Congrats, That's right. Xander. Good this stuff, is another man. person that we've expected high... It had high expectations for. Thought he yeah. was going to win it for sure, and you know, um, in in the tournaments that he's ran in the past, has had some struggles, and really just kind of cruised through this one. Did did really well, and kind of just set himself. And then it just the cards fell right where it worked out, and was, seemed almost easy for him. Yeah. So. I think about the most struggle he had was Mortal Kombat. I've never seen him struggle in a fighting game before, but Mortal Kombat is clearly not his thing. It's just it, Mortal Kombat, if you're not used to playing another realm fighter, it is unique, uh, especially having its own individual block button. A lot of games don't have that. And he's played some of Mortal Kombat 11. He got 11, so I, I did also briefly give him a couple tips on Mortal Kombat X. Uh, you know, uh, we, were, we were the go-to guys. Yep. Yep. So, anyways, it was a fun time. Uh, really good turnout, and you know, congrats to our winners. So there, there you have it. Let's get into the news this week because we have some uh, we have some big announcements. So here it is. Yeah, that's the wrong button. <laughs> Just kidding. Here it is. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. What about this monster story of yours? That's, I was about to say, you need to give yourself the coin right there. <laughs> it's only funny if you're watching it on Twitch or YouTube. It's my new thing. Man, it's stupid. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Here, do it one more time. It'll make you feel better. There you go. <laughs> Join in on the stupidity. Anyways, welcome to the news. <laughs> Topic number one. Sony has come out officially today and announced the PS5 release window. It's officially called the PS5, and we have some additional details to talk about. So, first of all, the PS... First of all, I want to kind of call out all these articles that were like... PS5, in time for the holidays. That's literally what it's, their titles were. And I was like, wait, is Sony pulling a Sega right now and they're going to release the PS5 this year? Because that's what the title said. It's then misleading. You, yeah, it was misleading. And several several reports did that. And I, it was real clickbaity, and I don't like that. So shame on you. But anyways, PS5 coming out before the holiday of 2020. So there you go. 
And I mean, did we ever think it was going to be called anything else? Like all these people are like, it's official. It's the PS5. Like it's going to be the PS5, you idiots. Come on. What were they going to do? It would have been a big plot twist if they called it like PlayStation Revolution or Next or something. Yeah, PlayStation like, Next. Yeah, yeah except no. with a Z. They can't do that because then they get sued by the by that gaming company that already has that. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, we have the PS Five. The PlayStation Win now featuring PlayStation Now. <laughs> yeah, we have the PS Five, and we found out a lot more about. Um, the controller really is what they wanted to focus on. They talked about the controller and they talked about the SSD and the how and the how the solid state um, the move from a traditional hard drive to solid state was going to improve gaming beyond just load times, right? Yeah. So, let's start with the controller though. From uh, wired wired.com is one of the one of the Articles and that was like they were the ones that got first dibs on holding the controller, talking about it. So there are PlayStation blogs, but even the PlayStation blog refers to the Wired um, blog or document that, that that we're reading here. So interview and basically the um, they go on to talk about holding this controller and that it feels much like the DualShock Four controller, slightly heavier. Uh, but not heavier than what a current-gen Xbox One controller weighs now with batteries in it. I was like, okay, that's fine. And the big reason is because it has a bigger battery in it, which I think we all assume is going to happen after the debacle of DualShock 4 is not really having a great battery life. You could have me ha- sit with a car battery in my lap, and I'd be happy as long as it lasts. <laughs> yeah, the DualShock 4 has had some problems. Like, oh, I played for 45 minutes. What do you mean I need to charge my controller? You're, gonna make, you're, making, you're making Miggy have problems over there, okay? He's, he's got to keep the video going, and you're making him laugh too hard. <laughs> Tone it back a bit. I was telling it like it is. You can't, so. you can't censor me. So what we did find out about the controller, though, is that it's going to have haptic feedback. So if you're not familiar, we've had some of this technology in phones now and um, devices like uh, Apple Watches and things like that where uh, it creates your vibrations, but it can create a ton of different feels, feeling off of it. So like my Apple Watch can make it almost feel like somebody's tapping me on the wrist versus just a straight-up vib- vibration of like, hey, you got a phone call. Mm-hmm. And so because of it, you can create different different reactions just like what they've done with some of the Joy-Con stuff. I know they call it um what what do they call it? HD Rumble. HD Rumble. But really realistically it's kind of that similar idea that they've found a way where they can use this instead of just your controller shaking now going through water versus walking on sand versus driving a car on asphalt will feel different in the controller. And so I have you know, experience this a little bit with HD Rumble, um, even playing just like Blaster Master Zero and having some of the water levels and like the surge of water go through the switch is a cool, it's a cool sensation. And I'm like, okay, that could be cool for some games, especially like how they talk about how, in a, uh, you know, in a shooter like um, um, Overwatch or or maybe like a Fortnite or something like that, picking up a standard assault rifle versus like a shotgun and how they're going to feel different. And so with that controller haptic haptic feedback, you also have some triggers going on here. And what did they call the, they They had a name for the triggers, but they're basically where you can control the resistance of the trigger. Yeah. 
And so the triggers are going to play a role depending, and, and these developers are going to be able to build on it upon it where you get a different reaction as you pull down the trigger based on what the result is. So think of it like a throttle in a car as you as you put the pedal to the yeah. floor. You'd want a little more tension for yeah. feel and control, but if you're yep. shooting a gun, you want it to be quick. Yeah. But at the cool. same time, the different different types of guns, like like we were saying, could feel different as well. And yeah. so it seems like a cool idea. The, you know, the, it comes down to this I, this concept now is that we are now moving into a situation that that the PS4 controller from Sony is unique, and now developers have to build around it. You know, so a third party like like a you know a Blizzard or or a you know, CD Projekt Red or something like that has to put a little bit of extra time into this because let's say let's just say Xbox doesn't do this. Okay, now you now you have this extra piece that's like, is this a selling point? Is this actually something where it's like, well, the, my my the immersion that I'm going to get out of playing it on the PS4 versus somewhere else, there's a bonus there now. Is that and, and I don't know for me like I think it, this is one of those things that right out the gate seems cool and then it fades hard because I think like even going back to the N sixty four when you got your Rumble Pack with uh, Star Fox right yeah like super cool like oh my god this is mind blowing a game changer to have the Rumble Pack and then it was like all of a sudden the Rumble Pack just stayed in a drawer all the time because you're like yeah I'm over this I, I I recently had to explain the Rumble Pack to my wife and she was like why why would someone buy and buy that and put batteries and put it in the controller I was like because the controller shook and she's like yeah I like to turn off the Rumble in games I was like yeah, yeah. But in 1995, it was mind-blowing <laughs> that the controller shook when your spaceship got shot. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And so to think that the Rumble Pack hasn't changed much since that time yeah. until now is kind of wild. But it is, it is interesting to see that this is, this is one of the things that they were working on. We found out that they wanted to roll this out when the PS4 Pro launched. And so the PS4 Pro launched, but then they were concerned because the big thing that they sold about the PS4 is that, that the experience from a PS4 Pro or a standard PS4 would be the same. And that wouldn't be true if PS4 user, PS4 Pro users got the, uh, the new rumble feature, the new haptic feedback. But don't you think that'd be something that they'd be able to support with a firmware patch and a new, you just go out and buy the new controller. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not I don't sure. Stuff. Yeah, as far as why why that was that way, I don't know. But um, so they made the decision to hold, you know, to refine it even more and and bring it to the PS5 is, yeah. is basically what what they say in the article. So it's um, it's it's pretty interesting. The controller. You know the 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 things that the the um, gentleman from Wired doesn't say anything about is it feels like a DualShock Four controller. It's a little bit heavier. You know it has these things and it feels. He goes, it feels surprisingly interesting that the demos that they put him through, um, you know, where he got to experience being inside of water and feeling like resistance, and he got to play Gran Turismo Sport and and feel the different road types and actually it felt different. Um, was seemed really cool, but the things he didn't mention was there was no comment about the fact that the touchpad that's in the middle of the DualShock 4 is missing in the DualShock 5. So, like, for me, I was like, oh, God, like, 
wouldn't that like if I if I was reporting on this and Sony put that in my hand, the first thing I probably would say is that the touchpad's gone. The touchpad button's gone. Because it's not gone. Unless they were like, you can't say what's in the middle of this controller. Because one point they do make is that there was quite a large hole in the middle of the controller that looked like potentially a microphone. And the rumors have been that there's uh, that Sony's been working on a new AI voice-controlled uh, assistant mm-hmm. for the PS5. But And they did mention an improved speaker built into the controller, which to me, that's another thing I just don't care about. Everybody nowadays... I mean, even you, who they don't, you don't game a ton, you game with headphones on a lot. And maybe you're like the, the person that I would say the least out Probably of our Probably the group. least but, out of our group. But, but even you have a nice pair of headphones you know, that, you, that you would game when you like really wanted to get into Destiny you, or whatever. Absolutely. You would throw them on. Because so like, it adds to the immersion. If, if yeah. I'm like, I want to play Last of Us is a good example because it's a game that's great with headphones on. Yeah. The only thing I've ever thought was cool about the controller, the speaker in the controller, is while playing, it doesn't happen in Borderlands 3 for some reason, in Borderlands The Handsome Collection, when you walk far enough away from someone that's talking, then the voice comes through the controller like it's coming through your, like, yeah, uh, walkie or whatever. Yeah, coming through your echo. Yeah. Which is, I was like, oh, that's a cool effect. And when the third game didn't do it, I was like, oh, this is BS. Yeah. But again, it's it's a it's a gimmick for effect. There's no reason to have a speaker in the controller. Yeah, so I mean, so that that was made they made mention of that too and I was like, "Okay, whatever, like it, it is what it is, but um really the feedback seems really cool. Not what does that mean for the third party people that are making controllers and how what they're going to be able to do with it or if they're going to be allowed to to mess with that or not, but It'll be interesting. It also starts to bring up the question of like, well, uh, could we see Sony finally release a you know a competitor to the Elite controller from Microsoft and have that pro pro line level controller? Because if you're making this special functionality to a controller, and and then and you may and we don't know if third parties are going to have be able to support it 100 percent or not because I don't know if if Sony will give them the rights mm-hmm. to do it, then this kind of opens up that perfect avenue to say here's our premium product. Yeah, and and you know and because of it you get A, B, and C per you know on top of on top of everything you get in the core controller you get all these extra features. So we'll see. But um, that was the controller talk. Very interesting. I always get I always get amped up around the controllers reveals because every time we get a new generation come around, you always wonder about the controller. And I feel like the controllers haven't changed a lot over the last couple gens. So like, and I don't expect this one to look that different. But there's enough here where where I have some interest. And because the controller is a little bit heavier, I'm wondering if they kept the same form factor where the DualShock 4 was a little bit larger than the DualShock 3 and people were against that at first. So did they stay with it? Did they find a happy medium? What what happened? And then, of course, you lead that into what Xbox Scarlet's going to do around the corner now that uh, Sony has shown a little bit more of their cards. What's Xbox going to do with their controller? Because they're releasing a brand new Elite controller in November, and and they've talked about compatibility of some of this stuff going to work on the new system. So you can't imagine there's going to be too radical of a change either. Um, but we'll see what happens. So you know, I'm pulling some information out of this that I think you're ignoring. What's that? 
if there wasn't a comment about the lack of a touchpad, let's assume that the touchpad is on the controller. Is that a safe assumption right now? We're playing the game of assumptions. <laughs> I mean, I really, I don't believe it's there, but but at the same time, it freaks me out that someone would, someone wouldn't mention it. It's there. I'm willing to play some sort of wager that it's there because what that's telling me is there's only one possible reason to include the touchpad on the controller. What's that? Backwards compatibility, which is the uh, biggest thing I want out of the PlayStation 5, is to be able to play the crap I already bought from them. Yeah, but do you really need the touchpad for backwards compatibility? Most games that involve the pad eliminated the pad where you could still play the game without it if you didn't want to use it. I'm just saying. That's my. That's the hope I'm pulling from that. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of backwards compatibility talk already yeah. as far as like rumors and yeah. stuff like that. So, I, I mean... it. If they don't do it, they've literally already lost this gin, in my opinion, because you know Xbox is going to do it. Not not having backwards compatibility would be the deciding factor for me going, I guess I'll try an Xbox for this generation. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If they don't... I don't know. I hate the Xbox controller. I don't know if I can do it. Now that I'm thinking it through, I'm, I'm going to yeah, have to... Yeah, but you haven't held... You haven't, you, I mean, to be fair... They, we haven't seen what the new one's going to be. We know the D-pad. It was super unliked by many, and Xbox is that company that listens. Man, I don't even like the joysticks or the face buttons, the triggers. I don't really like anything about the Xbox One controller. Man, you're crazy. I don't like it. I love the Xbox One controller. The Xbox, the, the Elite controller you have is feels quite a bit nicer. The stock Xbox I, One see, controller, I don't like at all. I would like you to spend a little bit of time playing with the, the... So the latest standard controller that I have is from the Gears 5 bundle. Yeah. That is that is what the Xbox One controller is now. Yeah. That's the controller you need to try, not the, not the old ones that, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the old ones. But I think if you played with the, uh, the new one, that now, even if you go buy just a standard normal one, yeah. they're like that. Um, you, may, you still may not love it, but I think you'll be like, this is a lot better than, this is a lot better. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Um, anyways, let's, let's cover a couple... A couple other things that got uh, talked about here. Solid state drive. Okay, we've already seen the demos of Spider-Man, right? Where the PS4 load took something like almost a minute, you know, like 45 seconds. Yeah. And then they ran this new SSD technology that's going to be in the PS5, and it loaded in something like four seconds, yeah, something like that. Crazy it was, difference. Yeah, it was very, very quick. Uh, so they've talked, you know, they talked more about how the... It's going to load, but what they broke down interestingly is they're like, hey, the standard discs that are going to come on this for games are 100 gig discs. And but what they're going to do because of how fast the solid state is, is that when you put a disc in, you're going to be able to choose if you just want to load the single player campaign or if you just want to load the multiplayer aspect and then later on load the single player campaign or you want to load it all, you beat the single player campaign and you blow that away. And you, but you keep the multiplayer. So you're going to be able to actually chop up your game in chunks. And that way it's like, oh, your game's 100 gigs on your storage. Well, I don't use this 60 gigs of it. I'm going to dump that off and just play story mode. That's smart. Yeah. I mean, that's that's smart design. Yeah, so they're talking you know, about, about how that's going to work. They're also getting into the functionality. And, and this was still a little kind of out there as far as like picturing how it's, how it's going to look. But they're talking about how nowadays you have to go into a game to kind of see what's going on, and then if you don't, if nothing's going on, then you have to leave the game, and like it's, it just creates a lot of extra work and extra loading times and all this processing. So they're building this seamless 
ability where you're going to be able to like look <laughs> at like a game and see all the things that are going on. So you can be able to see the people that are online without having to go to your friends. You're going to be able to see your friends that are playing the game. You're going to be able to see what your closest um, achievements are to reach. You're going to be able to do all these things. And it kind of reminds me of like Xbox, how Xbox like shows you right now, hey, here's your closest achievement and you know this is what you have to do to achieve it here's your next closest achievement like some of that already seems similar to what xbox is doing but they're saying it's all going to happen kind of cohesively around the game that you're looking at so if you're looking at spider-man you're going to be able to see all that stuff going on before you even launch spider-man yeah and it's all because again of being able to load uh certain aspects of the game instant instantaneously and so that was that was kind of cool to hear but something that definitely is more of i have to see it and when you think of the PlayStation 4 and the laggy uh, operating system and just clunky infrastructure, you go, ooh, this sounds really nice for Sony. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, that was a lot what they talked about with the SSD. And then they brought up and confirmed and apologized pretty much that the ray tracing in the PS5 will be hardware-based. So I guess, and I didn't catch this, but I guess when they first kind of started talking about it, um, some of the architects and developers of the system from Sony were tweeting things, and it led a lot of people to assume it was all software created and that it wasn't true ray tracing. Hmm. And so they came out to reassure today that it is indeed hardware level ray tracing that's going to be coming in the ps5 not similar to like how the ps4 pro truly isn't a 4k device yeah it just kind of simulates it um but this is this is not that case so that was good news to hear and that's pretty much where they left it off obviously confirming the name and, and confirming that the holiday holiday 2020 release uh is is their plan and then i would assume we'll see reveals now you know with that talk happening it could still happen at like a PlayStation experience because we are supposed to still get one of those this year. But I mean, it could be that E3. You know, this could be a, a, a giant E3. We also have coming up in November Xbox's big London show, which it could be that reveal for Xbox side. So it could happen at the game, the Game Awards. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it could. That would be that be the biggest thing for the Game Awards ever. You know, like yeah. they've never had anything that epic. So that would be pretty cool. Um, but the fact that they both theoretically have a um, big show of their own coming up this year still could really be that that first glimpse that we get. Yeah. So, because I feel like by E three next year you're gonna have to be hands on. There's gonna have to be some hands on with this new with these new oh, no these doubt. new systems. Considering that you're less than, you know you're six months away from from the holiday at that point. So, all right, but that's uh, that's. That's what's going on with this news out there. I know you said the big big deciding factor for you is backwards compatibility, but the final question I have is this stuff coming out, does it make you more excited for PS5? Like what what feelings do you get based off of this? Or does it really just not matter a whole lot to you because it's not touching the you know the topics that mean the most to you? I don't I don't care in the slightest bit what sort of gimmicks they're adding into the controllers because we've seen time and time again that typically tends to just be that a gimmick that the developers don't support and then it doesn't matter so if this makes a controller a hundred dollar base price for the controller that's unfortunate to me 
You know what I mean? So right, yeah, that was your concern. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Control, controllers are expensive, you know. So yeah. uh, it makes sense to have like one pro controller, but you're not gonna have a full set of that kind of stuff. So right. So yeah, I don't know that that I guess initially makes me a little hesitant or concerned about just the sustainability of you know buying the system and buying into the PlayStation Five uh, for the generation, but. I don't know. It's cool that we know the we know the release date that we could have predicted, but we know it. Yeah, I mean, it's all good. The naming convention was like, okay, got it, and and the and the release the release window was, yeah, saw that coming. You're not going to give, you know, there was no way you were going to give anybody a head start. Uh, like X, you weren't going to give Xbox a head start. We yeah. we've already lived through that that once with the 360 getting the head start, and that was a battle for you to get back into that into that race. So. Um, I'm going to pull in our video guy just because he's a big PlayStation slappy and ask him as well. Uh, any any thoughts on these announcements today that uh, you know either concern you or make you uh, excited? No, I'm definitely excited to see uh, what's coming next year. And I agree with you guys. Um, they are going to have to get it in the people's hands, um, you know, before next holiday season to uh, increase that hype and uh, kind of give us the, the the pricing. That's the biggest thing that I that I want to hear and hear soon if we're going to be dropping 500 or 600 bucks but the controller i think is going to be it's going to make a big difference um and yeah give me that ssd for that quicker load times and that that uh better gameplay experience yeah and i I mean coming out of the the tech industry too (laughs) ssd still has that concern to me longevity Mm -hmm. right is is we've we've always talked about an ssd can only have so many rewrites before it's dead so how much strain have has these companies put on this new technology to where we're not going to be three years into our system and ha- all of a, and a bunch of people start having problems? Yeah, you know because now you're now you're encouraging people to install and uninstall fragments of games. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know that, that that would be that that's something that we won't ever get the analytics of what their testing was, but it will be interesting to see as this system gets released and then as it ages a little bit what that uh turns into because we've had ssd in our computers and stuff for quite a while but our computers we don't necessarily save and destroy as as frequently as maybe we do right now on our video game systems as intensively also yeah Yeah. and the other big thing that concerns me is ssd is expensive and larger larger size still so what are we you know what are we going to get for real though at launch that like right now my xbox one x is three terabytes there's no way you're going to give me three terabytes in an ssd at launch yeah i mean maybe but then you're but then i am spending uh you know my my video game console is uh twelve hundred dollars all of a sudden so i that that's my whole thing is that are these going to be 500 gig drives are we like right because we've all moved on to i think the minimum the expected is a terabyte and even then, like when I buy an Xbox One X and it's a terabyte, and then my Xbox One S is two terabytes, I'm like, why? Why did you do that? Like yeah. that bugs me. So that's another interesting. I'm I'm excited for the performance. I'm worried about the storage yet again as these games get even bigger. So, and clearly they know it's a problem because now. They're letting you install and uninstall fragments of the game. Yeah, so if you can partition your gaming experience to customize it to save data, that is them letting you know, hey, there might not be as much storage in here yep. as you want. Yep. 
All right, topic number two, sticking with Sony. They got a lot of information that's been dropping right now. A PlayStation 4 update just dropped and is allowing uh, 16-player parties and Android remote play fully supported. So the remote play through the mobile phones uh, before this were was strictly, well, as far as full play, was strictly to the Sony phones, the Xperia phones, I believe. Yeah. Um, no one has them. So. <laughs> right. So it, it's a, it's yeah. a non-factor in this conversation. Yeah. So. Which was an Android phone. had an Android base to it, yeah. but uh, but they were just trying to, again, Sony being holding on to the little bit of proprietary <laughs> like love that they have for themselves, finally uh, let go, and they decided to open it up for all Android. Um, and then you can now use DualShock 4 uh, controllers over Bluetooth on Android, iOS, and Mac. That's cool. So... The uh, so this is this is big because we're moving into that that next phase of X Cloud, Google Stadia, PlayStation Now, and all this stuff. So this is Sony clearly setting up for what this next battle is going to be with so many competitors gearing up to try to prove why their platform is the best for this cloud-based gaming, you know, as a service type deal, and. Um, the, so, anyways, the 16-player parties, I, I had a comment on this, which is up from eight, by the way, just, just so you know, they doubled it. That's insane. You don't, like, who the hell needs 16 people ch- yelling in each other's ears? When I have a raid going, like, six people, right, which then would turn into eight because you'd always get a couple people that would jump in and just want to talk with you, talk with the group. We'd have eight people going. I would mute. I'd mute a bunch of them because I'm just like, I can't focus. Literally, I, I can't hear the game, and everyone's just talking over everybody else, and God, it's just 16 people is insane. Like, maybe for, like, party games and stuff like that, if you were doing it all remotely, and you're like, everybody jump in, we're going to play, you know, I don't know. I'm not even sure what's out there that's gonna, that would support that, other than, like, Jackbox and stuff, but... You, if you were doing like a King of the Hill kind of thing in a yeah. fighting game and you had 16 people throwing down, but if, if it's a game that involves any sort of communication you need to just have the people that are playing your game in there i it's it, it it's something that's almost maddening to me when it's like oh let's party up like cool okay oh and then there's a bunch of people here that want to that want to shoot the breeze while we're trying to communicate in game it, it it is a frustrating thing and i i'm all about getting on a headset and chatting with the boys yeah. but if we're trying to achieve something it drives me nuts yeah uh real quick i want to address something that's in the chat on twitch.tv/gamesmedia that's where you can watch us live every monday night starting at 7 p.m. eastern time uh would you kindly bmc says are you guys really concerned the dualshock 5 could be $100 just for haptic feedback that doesn't seem like a $35 upcharge over dualshock 4 First of all, you're talking about $35, which to me, an upcharge of anything that, that Sony wants to call a premium product, a premium upgrade, 35 bucks is not unreasonable for an upgrade. But we're not just talking haptic, haptic feedback. We're talking a, a, a battery improvement. We're talking the triggers, which aren't technically part of the haptic feedback system. They're their own system. That resistance trigger pulling thing is separate um, you know, even though it might be used together, the triggers are, are something that is separate. So uh, mixing that in with the improved microphone and the AI system that's rumored, the improved uh, speaker piece on it. I mean, at that point, with everything I just rambled off, it's $35 hard, hard, hard to swallow when it comes to what they would consider this, this new era of controller. 
Do I think it's going to be 100 bucks? No, because I think anybody that's insane to go from a $60 controller to a $100 controller and think they're going to sell them. But we've but could we be looking at a 60 now? Could we be looking at a $75 controller? Yeah. Easy. E- easy. Yeah. Look at those Nintendo Joy-Con. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the thing. The Switch Pro controller is a $70 controller. Yeah. And that doesn't have any of that stuff. It has an NFC reader and HD yeah. rumble. Yeah. Uh, and they're not trigger stops. They're trigger resistance. They, yeah. they, it, it's mechanical. Know, they t- yeah. It's, well, it's mechanical and software driven. They talk about how shooting a bow actually feels like a bow and, and, yeah. and hitting, hitting a throttle on a car feels different and stuff like that all through the triggers. So that that is right there those all those things alone a $75 controller when they've watched Nintendo sell their controllers for 70 bucks now for th- for what 3 years like not three not quite 3 years right yeah, we're getting, cl- we're get, we're getting cl- close yeah. march will be 3 years so, year, so two and a half yeah so like they've watched the pro controller be successful no one like yeah we complain about it but yet we all own one so we all quickly purchased one and loved it yeah but yeah, I remember the sticker shock on the Pro Controller being $70. I was like, $70? Yeah. But then I bought one, and I love that controller. Yeah, it's one of my favorite controllers. So, all right. Anyway, sorry. I just saw that. I missed it in the chat, and I thought it was a, a good a good statement that I wanted to address. Um, so yeah, anyways, after the big feature on the PS4 system, update 7.0. Uh, is basically opening up remote play on all smartphones and tablets running Android version 5.0 or higher. And uh, like, I, like I already said, not just the Sony devices. So all major platforms as iPhone and iPad devices got it earlier this year. Remote play has also been updated for iOS devices. Uh, so now can display the controller at all times and the lock screen orientation and all that stuff is now available. Furthermore, players can now use DualShock 4 controllers across uh, Bluetooth on all those devices, like I said, uh, which includes Android, um, which comes in the new updates for Android 10, iOS 13, iPadOS 13, and macOS uh, Catalina, uh, which comes out later this month. So that's uh, th- that's the big thing. I guess the I guess the little little nugget to slide in there is that. Sony like is sharing and opening up and getting ready for this, so of course they have to be Sony and they have to act something, right? They have to kill it. So now they no, took something. No, no, they took was, something away no, from Deadite. Oh, they no. took something away from Deadite. How will my grandma know that I scored a goal in Rocket League? You can no longer share through the PS4 to Facebook. They are shutting it down. My aunts and uncles will never know about my monumental <laughs> achievements in my life of gaming. I'm glad Nintendo still lets me do it. Yep. So earlier, the, earlier uh, last week, they announced that the um, crossplay is officially out of, coming out of beta. So yep. it's going to be open to all developers to use if they if they choose so so now you're going to start seeing ps4 uh being a little more uh, in that world for um for that cr- the cross play craze that's kind of gotten quiet but i mean really had a had a lot of momentum uh earlier in the year it's got yeah. quiet as fortnite's gotten quieter yeah i mean true um but with that being said uh they they launched that they upped their parties so more people can hang out and they opened up their mobile their mobile sharing on the Android side so of course they had to shut down Facebook. Yeah. You know, they can't just keep giving things away and not be typical Sony and say no, no more Facebook. And yeah. to be and, and let's be honest, I said this I think in the Discord. Um <laughs> 
The Facebook integration in the PS4 probably hasn't been updated since the system launched, practically. It's <laughs> it's so janky. It doesn't work half the time. Like, they gave up on that years ago. So the fact that they're just killing it off is like, hey, you know, we probably should just get rid of this. It's, it doesn't, it's not a good look for us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of the other, like, share stuff is still there for YouTube and things like that, but... I mean, yeah, I, I, this doesn't shock me at all. They, they they didn't do a great job with it to begin with, and they never really figured out how to fix it and, and improve upon it, so it is what it is. I'm sorry that you can't share your, your Rocket League goals with Grandma anymore. You're just going to have to take a snapshot of your of your TV with your phone and share it that way. Now my family's going to go back to thinking I'm a loser. So. Yeah, well... <coughs> <laughs> Uh, Mickey, are you still sick? I our, thought you said yeah. you felt better. Our this video week. producer over there just, yeah, yeah. just uh, you know, not yeah. He's good. He's good. We're uh, we uh, we had a, a special question in our Discord. Are we covering that now or later? We should, yeah, we should cover that now because I totally didn't cover it in our last topic, which it resides a little more there. But go for it. So uh, our good friend Chops, former host of this show and now a host of the Legend of Retro podcast, about to get married, about, about to get hitched. We about to get drunk at his wedding. <laughs> yep. Uh, but he he dropped a question in our Discord that we knew was something that Grim and I want to talk about today here on the show and and uh, and just put it out there for people to listen to. So Chops had the question. Uh, he said, here's a topic for the show if you guys want to get into it. If consoles are becoming more open, meaning cross-save, cross-play, uh, some third-party titles, similar specs, hardware, peripherals, uh, then what does a console maker need to do to stand out? Is it only first-party titles? Is it portability? He says, uh, I feel like the next generation may have some of the most similar guts as systems go uh, that we may have ever seen, and we might have to find some strange and unique things to come out from Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo just to be different to draw people, and he's just curious to know what we think about that. I mean, I think the controller that Sony just talked about today is an example of why you're on the right path to finding some unique feel, especially if Xbox comes out and doesn't have anything like it. So then there's there's Sony's angle. Obviously, the Switch has its own angle. is a very unique one. And then what does the Xbox have? It has a game right now. Right now, the only thing I can clearly state is it has Game Pass, which to me is the best of all of these options for you as far as getting games and playing them and having fun. So um, I don't want to see it go down this road because I think the way that you explain this, it's it, it turns into this gimmicky battle where it's like who has the better gimmick and then you have to worry at that point about, yes, your first-party games are going to support whatever that company comes up with. So, you know, Sony... Sony's first parties are going to use that haptic feedback and do some cool stuff with it. I have no doubt of that. But third party is what I'm worried about. When you start thinking about like you know um, Cyberpunk and 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 Elder Scrolls and, and these new games that are going to be coming out that these these epic games that we're waiting for, and then we have to go: Do I want the controller to rumble in my hand? Do I want to you know do I want to be able to play it on this weird you know portable system that has a bunch of removable controllers, or do I want to play on the Xbox that? For now, I'm just going to say it has the, the best specs. Like, you know, I, I don't... I just, for me, in the world that they just got done breaking the walls down to have this cross-play, cross-save you know cross -save world uh, where Xbox can, can play against PlayStation and, and see who's better and PC can get in the mix too, um, 
I don't really want to see a lot of these features come out that start to try to tie people down with like something that just never lasts. I'm sorry. When you say uh, peripheral, right? Like name one that that's had legs that's really lasted. Uh, the power pet, no. The power glove, no. The Wii Fit board, no. The the Connect, no. The uh, <laughs> the PlayStation camera, no. PSVR. I mean, as much as we want to say no, it, you know, as much as it's around, like it's still like because <sighs> the PSVR, the fact that we do, we have been told that it's going to work on PS5. The current version is going to work on PS5. Hmm. So the one I have should work on PS5, which gives you another reason to start to think of backwards compatibility, right? But and it's only it's going to work until and it will work. But the real idea is they're going to release a true version 2.0 for the PS5 that'll have better resolution, better this, better that, whatever. But the that that is the best thing out there right now as far as, like, leverage, in my opinion, that if you took something like... What is something I'm excited about? I don't know. God of War. This is a bad example because I just like playing God of War the way it is, but I'm going to use it anyways. God of War, and because of because it's PSVR and because it's PlayStation, it, it, it can be in VR, Right? It's that same example of, okay, actually, that's, let's just back it all up. I don't even have to use a future game. Resident Evil 7. Resident Evil's back, right? People loved Resident Evil 7, you know, back to its roots. A lot of fun. People enjoyed it. You bought it on a PlayStation, you could play the entire game in VR if you wanted. In true VR. Not just like, you know, a big screen on your face. You couldn't do that on the Xbox. I don't even. I'm not even. I'm not even sure if you could do it on the PC. That's actually a question I don't. Or that, that's something I don't know. But at least I knew that Xbox verse, um, you know, verse the PS4, and then if you want to throw in the Switch, how you could use it in, in Japan with the, uh, with the stream system, yeah. stream service. Like PlayStation had that extra perk that was like, hey, if you play it over here, you can play it in VR. If you spend four hundred dollars because at the time that's about what you four to five hundred bucks what you invested into a VR at the time. You could play it in VR. I don't want. That's not the way I want this to go down. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not looking forward to that. And that's why the controller information that came out today with Sony has worried me a little bit. So chops to to hit back to what I think of Chops's question I can really think of two primary things that it looks like the next generation is setting up to use its way of defining defining each company I think one is clearly exclusive titles because we've seen specifically Sony and Microsoft buying up developers to try to lock down titles for their systems. But that's how the the video game race has always been played to a degree is what exclusive games do you have to make me want to buy your system? And the other thing that we're seeing that Nintendo clearly was ahead of the trend in, in this regard was the next generation is going to be about how many different ways can I play my games? Talking about streaming to my phone. I'm talking about the Switch handheld, uh -huh. docked on a tabletop. You know, the Switch does it hardware-wise. But, you know, over, over you know, Microsoft, Sony, Google Stadia, uh, you know, it's all going to be about, like, oh, can I stream it to my phone? Can I stream it to my TV? You know, how's it play on my actual system? And, you know, we already see Game Pass be available via, you know, 
PC where you can just straight play at PC. And my concern is we're going to be given all of these different ways to play that are going to be hypothetical ways that we can play that don't actually give you a good experience. This is the nice thing about the Switch is every one of the experiences the Switch gives you is good. You, tabletop is good, handheld's good, docked is good, where I have very serious concerns with the data infrastructure that we have currently in the United States not being able to support casting to our phones, streaming it to Chromecasts and all that, you know, remote playing while I'm, uh, you know, in a hotel and my actual systems at my home. I, I have concerns that we're going we're gonna to be sold all this potential next generation, and it's not going to deliver in the first two years of the life of the system. Because we're going to have to catch up to what they're promising us. But those are the two big things that I think are really going to – these companies are going to use to try and set themselves apart. Yeah, and I think you can see that the, with that statement being said and even some of my experience at PAX West with uh, Google Stadia is that could these companies use that as leverage? So you think of Sony, right, and they just they just opened this up. And, yes, you can use any phone and blah, all that stuff. But could – the PS5 come out, and then that PlayStation Now experience grow, and then they release the new, just, game like, do gaming phones, which we've started to see Razer make phones and Asus make phones. We've seen these, like, kind of, in my opinion, at the currently right now, ridiculous phones coming out. And you're like, what? what do you need that type of horsepower in a phone for? Now, all of a sudden... Is this an upsell? Is this that sell where Microsoft has just talked about a Surface phone? They literally talked about a phone that folds open kind of like Samsung's mm -hmm. and turns into a tablet. Well, can that all of a sudden play along with xCloud services and my Xbox controller and all of a sudden now I have this full solution and they want me to buy a Surface phone now. And then all of a sudden Sony comes out with new Xperia that is this gaming, super gaming phone and they're like, this is the best way to play PlayStation now on our P with your PS5 and on the go. You know, And Nintendo already has their infrastructure in place right now. We're not going to see what Nintendo is going to do besides like a facelift and a slight upgrade potentially. Mm -hmm. They're not in the same boat that Microsoft and Sony are right now when it comes to this next gen. Where in the past we've seen gaming-oriented phones uh, like the N-Gage and all, and all that sure. like, crap that we've tried to see in the past that were overpriced and under-delivered on the gaming experience, we in the last, we'll call it two years, have now entered the world where a $1,000 model of the iPhone isn't crazy to people anymore. So, yeah, right. so if if your carrier offers you, you know, the the Sony phone or you know this this uh, Surface phone at a competitive price to other premium phones, it's not crazy to think that you would buy that. Or let's say if if Sony was smart, maybe they would uh, partner with Samsung or another leader in the, in the field. Right, or exactly. or Google can re release a special phone that's premium for Stadium. The next Pixel could have a souped-up model, just you know, that's marketed for. Hey, are you a Stadia player? This is the best way to play Stadia on the go. So exactly. you're 100 percent correct that we are now in a in a world where a premium phone to be able to play your stuff on the go isn't ludicrous anymore. Well, I just think about I, I keep thinking about the Razer phone because yeah. it was one I looked at when it first came out because at least the design of it I was like semi like kind of interested. And then I remember reading, like, it has a refresh rate on the screen of, like, 120 hertz. Yeah, it's crazy. And I was like, what the, what the hell do you need that for? Like, 
Does Fortnite mobile even like does the mobile games that are out right now even support that phone was my thought. But now if Razer can come out and say, hey, here's our 240 hertz phone and you can use it with xCloud or you can use it with PlayStation Now, like my monitor, my Alienware monitor doesn't even refresh like that. Yeah. I don't have so so all of a sudden now my mobile play if it can be supported you know again over our networks and stuff like you're saying then all of a sudden the performance of that screen be it smaller is superior than my gaming monitor I have upstairs. It's not crazy to think a premium phone like that would potentially have the ability to cast to your television mm-hmm. or a yeah. adapter to plug into your HDMI to now your box your XCloud server that's on your Xbox One X is now casting to your phone, and your phone has a mini HDMI that runs into your yeah. TV because you have the Surface phone yep. that a Surface phone you would think would probably be able to hook into another monitor. Yeah. There'd at least be a dock or something, and then again, right. you're getting another experience. So so I know we're really speculating, but I think that that could be a key to the success is what, uh, what options do we have moving forward to play the games where we want and how we want. Yeah, so I mean, going back, like I think that I think this point that we just made with the mobile phones and, and how they could evolve and how it could be that next push for game for kids and gamers alike to want to to push them into upgrading into not just the standard anymore. Now there's this. Now you move into the premium. Is um, that's a great example of what Chops was asking here and how how our industry and how the market could really change. And you think about like we've, and you really think about right now, we've we all. I mean, you don't really care. <laughs> I know you don't care. You're rocking an, an OG Pixel that came from me. <laughs> but, Absolutely. But what? But but Miggy over here can definitely agree with me is that the creativity around phones seems like it's stale. It's it's dead. There's just not a whole lot going on in the market. Every year mm-hmm. we get excited for the new iPhone, and then it's like, cool, it's got three cameras now, and you know. It is a little bit bigger. So, like, this is that next push when you're talking about this market of, of gamers that are bigger than ever. And, and and now you're also marketing towards casual gamers, too, because everybody, everybody plays some form of game on their phone at some point. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden you have created this whole additional market to the cell phone market on top of the gaming world. That's huge. And, yeah, you Google Stadia has front row seats with their with their Pixel. It's been very successful. And then you're going to sit there and look at um, Sony has a phone. Microsoft's getting back into the phone business after being gone since they decided that Windows Phone was dead. They're coming back. Oh, Why? All it's going to take for Sony is to have all, all major carriers, or at least half the major carriers, carry their, their premium phone, their Xperia or whatever it is, and then run an ad campaign that coincides with the PlayStation 5 that says, hey, you want to play portable? Sony phone, now available at AT&T, yeah. now available at Verizon. I mean, look at the success Samsung had when when they brought Fortnite out and, and what they did kind of around yeah. the note and stuff with Fortnite. Now imagine it mo- even ramped up beyond that. That's going to be insane. And we just named three big competitors that all have avenues already for this the only person that's left kind of in question and they don't really need it but but how but could they get into this battle is nintendo how does nintendo deal with it because now nintendo's brought back if this works and if it blows up 
Nintendo gets put back into that situation that they found themselves in the DS era where smartphones blew up and started to hurt the handheld market and and everyone worried about Nintendo. And then they just came back and said, "Uh uh-uh, we're not done yet. You guys aren't, you know, we still have it. So... I don't know. They're the, they're the only ones I don't really see what their angle is on it, but everybody else has a, has an avenue already in place. Yeah, and um, damn, that's actually a really good thought. I, I know, wonder. I know we're we're tying this topic up, but we also didn't mention one time here, Apple Arcade. Isn't it already out? Apple Arcade, Androids, Androids, right around the corner to yeah. bring their own. So, so, so that that kind of stuff in the phone market's already happening. I know this this sort of took us off a tangent, but keys to Microsoft and Sony defining themselves moving forward. I think those are our two things: Knowing, exclusive yeah. titles and how you can play their games. Yep. All right, last topic. It's a quick one. We got a pretty big delay, and it hasn't. Uh, we haven't really talked about a lot of delays lately. But uh, this one gets added to the list. Uh, Doom Eternal getting delayed until next year, 2020, March. This makes me sad. Yeah. This is one that, like, when you... So I didn't see it at first. You came to me with with the news, and I was like, man, I just left a game store uh, over the weekend. And they were showing highlights of the game, and I was like, man, some of the new mechanics that they were showing, I was like, that's really cool. That was the first time I really paid attention to Eternal. Like, I watched some of uh, Doom Eternal at PAX West because Google Stadia was showing it off on their PC platform of mm-hmm. Google Stadia. And that was the only place you could play it. So that's why they were very popular all weekend long. So I hadn't heard anything about troubles with this game. You know, everything seemed to be moving along just fine. And, you know, here we are now with a, what, it's supposed to come out in November. So we're looking at about a four month delay. Yeah. Four-month delay, but it's not just a four-month delay, is it? We have some additional problems going on. This is the one that affects me the most. So, as Grim was hinting, uh, four-month delay, that is going to be a little bit longer for people that were planning on purchasing this game on Nintendo Switch. The, uh, the, The March release date is just for Xbox, PlayStation. I don't know what the PC date is or the Stadia date. Let's assume Stadia is probably releasing same time as yep. uh, Xbox and PlayStation. But the Switch, they just said it's coming out later. They haven't said when. Yep. Uh, you know, it could be a month. It could be six months. We, we don't have that information yet. And, you know, as much as I really am excited because this game does look visually awesome, uh, and it kind of pushes me to think maybe I should buy it on PlayStation. Uh, I love playing the last Doom game on the Switch. I loved you know having the motion aim. It's a it's such a well done first person shooting experience that I don't feel like I get in any other way on the Switch. I just absolutely love it. And I've, it's made me want to play Wolfenstein. And uh, so this is disappointing to me, but it's also a relief because it gives me a little more time to play other games there's a lot of good stuff coming out in the next six months so maybe when doom uh, eternal hits the switch i'll be ready for it but so part of me uh, the other part that let's let's get the other piece of information out too is that the uh game mode the new the new game mode that we were watching um invasion mode yeah uh, in which your player takes on the role of a playable demon and invades another player's game will be released as a free update shortly after the March 20 release date. So it won't even be available at launch. So, okay, there, there's your delay news. 
the only thought that I have around the switch delay, and have is it confirmed that is it panic button that did the port the first time? Panic button did do the original Doom. Do port. we know if they're the ones doing the port this time? I, thought I would that, assume I thought they, they are. I thought they weren't. Let me look. Oh, they're not. Um, okay. Let, let me let me look to confirm that. Because uh, and, and you could do that while I while I finish off this thought. The 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 point I had is that the reason that the switch delay is happening, if you think about this, is because whatever they're changing in this game and they're fixing, then the people that are doing the port are going to have more work to do. And they can't do that work until the PS4, Xbox, PC side of it's done. So it makes sense that this hap- that this happens. If the game was not being delayed and it, it was what it was, then I could see how the Switch version is is trying to come out at the same time. But now that these late adjustments have to be made, whatever they are, um, they they have to delay the Switch version. And so that's that's the interesting part here to me. Um, who do we have? They are doing the Doom Eternal. They port are. Okay. Because, you know, they also did Wolfenstein Youngblood. They yeah. also did the Doom 3 port. Yeah. It, it would just, like, so it would have been crazy had, had they not been doing it. Yeah. So that's good. We love yeah. Panic Button. But it makes sense. You know, the delay, it, it's a disappointing delay, but how can you port something and work on it if changes are being made to the, to the, tr- yeah. the original version? Like, that's impossible. So you, you can't be too upset about the Nintendo announcement. The overall delay is a, is a bummer. And it's clearly not just polishing. You know, they, they talk about that the, they're really sorry that they want to do this, but uh, the delay, they need to delay the game in order to live up to, quoted, our standards of speed and polish. It's, it has to be, to me, it's beyond that. Because if it was just polish, if it was just that type of cleanup where you need extra time, why, why would that at that point delay the Switch version? Mm-hmm. You know, when you think of development and, and the state and the statement I already made, where where if I change something and you're and you're porting my game, you're going to have to work on it at that point, that part of that game. So you can't work on it until I'm done with my side, period. So that that to me is, is the simplistic logic of why this is happening. It, it's not just polish, and that's and the, and that's sure sure. This is um, Bethesda just you know trying to trying to have the best PR out of this that they can. Because if you think about, when you look at Bethesda, they haven't had the best track record recently. And they like to delay games. Well, they like to delay games, and they also haven't just had a great run of things recently, with Fallout 76 being a disaster and pretty much dead at this point. With I'm sorry, Maggie, but you know it's true. <laughs> it was just a coincidental clear thing. Uh-huh. Sure it was, buddy. It was sure it was. <laughs> Okay. I look at my collector's edition every day and cry. Don't worry. I'm right there with you. Uh, even to Rage 2, where I was I was like just trying to find something to hold me over till Borderlands came out, and it was a buggy mess that should have been delayed so that maybe I didn't have a bad experience and then fought and then just lose interest in the game. But um, here we are yet again with Doom, and, and this one, yeah, it sucks for Bethesda, but this one's even, uh, this is ID. Right. This is so you got to look at the developer like this one. It's even gone like now ID, which we usually put up on a little pedestal and said, yeah, they're owned by Bethesda, but they're ID. Yeah. Even they are now, you know, having having to to deal with this. So I don't know. It's a bummer. Um, The game looks really cool. If you're a Doom fan, then, yeah, obviously you're, you're upset. It's not a horrible delay, but my concern is do we get it in March? Yeah. Or does December, January roll around and all of a sudden we're like, well, we need until June now. I think they'll hit the March deadline. I 
They have to. They have to. And again, if the Switch Switch one, I don't know. I hope it's before holiday 2020. You know, like I have no idea how long it would take them to put it right. out. Because again, I, I really do enjoy playing the game on Switch. Uh, another thing we didn't note on that I think is a cool move, and oh, it's, yeah. it's one of those things that costs Bethesda almost nothing uh, as a pre-order bonus for anyone that's pre-ordered the game or does pre-order the game. Uh, they're giving you Doom 64 as a little uh, thank you for your patience. Which that's one of those things that. It costs, you know, was it $8 or something to download Dune 64? It's not out yet, but, you know, that's what the other ones have been running between $5 and $10. So uh, it, it costs them almost nothing, and it is a kind gesture to say, hey, sorry, sorry we had to delay this. Here's a, here's a classic Doom game, you know, just enjoy it. Yeah, and to clarify, I think you kind of made the statement, but it was confirmed. The press release about the delay um, provided by Bethesda made no mention of Google Stadia. Yeah. So as far as when when Doom Eternal would launch on that on Google streaming service, technically there's no confirmation that that is included in the March. They left it out. Yeah. So that's a little weird. So, especially considering what they've been really trying to do with Google is fi- is trying to promote this game through Stadia a lot. So. Yeah. <sighs> All right, well, that has been our attack on the news for these topics and much more. You want to visit gameslowmedia.com where we have our blogs, we have our YouTube channel, we have all sorts of content that hit the website every week. And uh, you can even get into mobile gaming with Mickey, it sounds like. It looks like there might be some, blo- some vlogs coming. Nerds! <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Mobile nerds! Mobile nerds. gaming is the future. Yeah, only if you spend your entire day pooping, and that's the only way you can game. Yeah, if you like microtransactions and spending money to get bo- loot boxes. Well, I'll persuade you guys of it. Just <laughs> you wait. You wait. You'll, you know when you persuade me? When when the talk we had about cell phones actually happens, I go, damn it, I need this I need this Surface phone now. You yeah. all laughed at me. <laughs> it's funny because I've been thinking my next phone will be cheaper and worse. I'm just like, I'm just going to get the worst phone there is. Who cares anymore? They're yeah. all good enough for getting on Reddit and crap. Instagram. Yep. But... <laughs> We'll see. Looking at pictures of Miggy while he sleeps. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, you do That's that too? Yeah. Oh, here's a Zilla update. Ah. The tranquility of the Zilla update. Speaking of buying shitty phones as my next phone, I did something shitty this weekend. I got back into Destiny 2. Ooh. Oh, 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 let me just uh, let me just stop stop you there. Oh, that's the oh, wrong oh, one. Wrong. Thanks for the horns. <laughs> so, Shadowkeep, the DLC launched for Destiny 2, and with it, the uh, hint at the new raid, which takes us back to the Black Garden from Destiny 1. Oh, and that grabbed my that's what grabbed my attention. I was like, son of a bitch, they're yeah, going suckered in by your Destiny 1 nostalgia. Me in back, could, yeah, it could have got me too. I'm not gonna lie. The Black so, Garden's cool because of it. I watched a few streams, I, I, I liked what I saw, and I was like, you know, I have a points card so I can pick the DLC up. This points card's been sitting here since Christmas time, I've never redeemed it, so I'm like, I'll just pick up the DLC with this. And uh, along the way, of course, Jazzy Fiddle and our good friend Five Mile Rick jumped on board and said, well, you need a, you need a crew if we're going to run through this DLC. And they jumped on board as well. So we uh, getting the band back getting together. The them, OG them, band. the Destiny Boys. That's right. So I've played about three days and I can say that it feels, I mean, Destiny always feels good, right? The mechanics feel good. The shooting, shooting just feels good. 
And for the most part, all the new stuff, the changes they've made and everything, it makes it's confusing at first. There's a lot of different things going on than what I remember, but it makes sense and, and it helps kind of like I want to build this way. I want these items to be what's equipped to me, but I want the best power level possible. All these things start to make more sense now with the new system and I'm not gonna lie, we're all playing on the Xbox. And how did we do that? Because we weren't about to start over. There's no way I was gonna do that because we put all of our time in the PlayStation back in the day. Bungie's system to create a primary account and then use that account across any system you want was really smooth. Hmm. I, I signed into Bungie.net and right on the homepage, they said, what do you want your primary account to be? I picked my PlayStation account. And it said, where would you like to play this account? I said, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. And then I literally turned my Xbox on, launched Destiny, and my characters were there. Really? Yeah. That's slick. And everything in my vault and everything. The only thing that wasn't there on the Xbox side was, and we've talked about this in the past, was the DLC, right? So if I want my Forsaken experience, I need to repurchase Forsaken on the Xbox side. But all I did for now was take care of the Shadowkeep uh, DLC and we're going to be getting into the story. So we haven't actually played the story yet. We're getting into it actually uh, tonight. And then, um, but just playing around with, uh, so I, I've gamed with Jazzy. I've gamed with BMC, who's uh, re reloaded the game. Hasn't bought the DLC yet, but reloaded the game. And we've all kind of came back to the same examples. I think we've been gone long enough that like we play it and we're just like, I missed this. Like I actually sitting on Mars and just farming this like, public event area just to gather like resources was fun it was actually relaxing and just yeah. fun and so we'll see how it goes we'll see how it lasts but it was just something that i kind of wanted to give a try and even if i only you know if i if i burn out of it pretty quickly here i'm not uh too upset with it so far and it's been fun so that that's my that's my me falling back into a dark dark pit of uh, a game i put way too many hours into but so far so good and then, of course, my ARC update is things are going strong in ARC. We're enjoying our Friday night streams on Mixer. We've been getting a lot of people stopping by and, and having fun with us and teaching us about the game, inviting us into additional um, servers and things like that. But overall, um, I'd like to report that I accidentally caught a raptor. Nice. <laughs> uh, we were trying to catch a stegosaurus. And all of a sudden, I'm getting attacked, and I turn, and there's a raptor on me. I'm like, I'm dead. I'm dead. And I'm running back to the raft that I built. Now, the raft has two giant Jurassic Park doors, like the big doors that you go into the park, on each side. And I built this pin in the middle of the raft so that, I could tra so that we could travel dinosaurs across the world back to, like, our fort and, every and our pins. So I'm running to the door and I'm yelling at Jazzy Fiddle. I'm like, close the door, close the door, close the door. And I get through the door and the doors close. And I'm like, oh, thank God. And I turn around and the rafter is right there, murders me. <laughs> but then he's Clever stuck girl. in the middle of my raft at that point. And I'm like, I'll be right back. And I run across the land because the raft's all the way over there on the other side of, of the peninsula. I run all the way back get my bow for my dead body and trank the hell out of this thing and then just give it all my food and now i have dave his name is dave uh so good name for a raptor yeah good name for a raptor how we name our our dinos because so many people have been 
there's a really big community around Ark that likes to like just jump in stream. We let them name. So if you if you don't name it, then we name it after you, whoever's viewing our stream. And then if you want to name it, as long as it's not like, you know, way inappropriate, then we'll we'll let you name it. So anyways, Dave got named after one of our our viewers, and uh, you know Dave. Dave escaped once already. I had to run him down. I thought I lost him, but I found him. He's just busy murdering some lizards. No big deal. But I got him back. So uh, we built the walls higher that time. I like Dave. I like Dave's style. Dave's got ups, man. Dave's got some serious ups. But anyways, shouldn't have caught a raptor at this point. Super happy I did. Also caught my first uh, dino bot. I got swoop. So I got my first pterodactyl. And uh, we're working on building a saddle so that we can now fly around and actually get a really good view of the land because uh we've been living in this little quadrant so the game's a lot of fun another one of those like you just want to play video games and relax and have fun mm-hmm. arc really seems to be hitting that that uh piece for me so and between those two games it's uh unfortunately i haven't got a whole i haven't really played much of borderlands at this point because i'm just really enjoying my time between destiny 2 and arc it's 20, 2014 again, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but that's what I'm up to. What about you, Jedi? What are you doing? You've been playing a lot of video games. Dude, a lot of, lot of gaming. Tons. Uh, you know, I played uh, 45 minutes of Borderlands and mm. about 20 minutes of uh, Skyforce, and that was my entire week of gaming. There's not a lot of time in my week for gaming this week. Uh, it was just... Honestly, disappointing. I was just kind of bummed out when I looked at the fact. I'm like, man, I just didn't have any time to sit down and, and play any games this week. It just made me sad on the inside. What um, what level are you in Borderlands then? 18, I think. 19. Okay. Yeah, you're right about me. I'm, I'm like a 22. Or I'm not 20 because the mission I'm on, everyone's 20, and I'm like, it's taking me too long to kill mm. these people. So we're right around that point where if we finally find some time that uh, we could jump in and, and actually game together. Yeah. I think uh, there's a couple other people that are around that level, too, who are, you know, people like BMC, they're almost at 50 at this point, or probably are 50, so, but. Still liking the game, it's just. Uh, the, it's the, a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, this week just didn't pan out with me being able to sit down and game, and we do a lot of our gaming on our lunch breaks at work. Well, lunch breaks at work this week were few and far between, so it just uh, ended up not being a, not being a big gaming week for me. I did play uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, the demo, mm-hmm. on the Switch since it came out. Oh, yeah. Because I wanted, I was like, do I put $20 into Ori on the Switch when I've beaten Ori, I've played on the PC, I've played on the Xbox twice. You played on your Switch Lite. And I, well, that's what I was playing on, was a Switch Lite. And I, I mean, it played really well, and I was surprised at how long the demo was. It, it lets you get uh, quite far, but... Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't play Switch anymore. Part of me, I yeah, you're having some, you got some issues. Because I have two pair of Joy-Con and they both have the stupid drift and the instructions Nintendo sent me to send my stuff back involve logging into something and keep saying my account isn't correct and I log in and it takes me away from the right page. I'm upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm, I'm going to the I'm going to the armpit of America next week. And I need to borrow a pair of your Joy Cons. So yeah, I, I've already agreed. So I'll give you the ones that have drift on them. <laughs> <laughs> Man, how good would that be? I I drive five hours away and I'm sitting in my hotel room like, okay. Deadite, it's time to finish Zelda after two and a half years. And I just go, and he's just, Link's just walking wherever he wants. I'm like, damn you, Grim! <laughs> Man, maybe I just send you with the new Zelda, though. Yeah. 
No, I need to beat Breath of the Wild. This is a, a thing I need to do with my life. Uh, yeah, I, but see, you keep telling me that you don't want to, though. I, I need to. I, I, I have a need to. Because Jade won't. My wife won't. She I, refuses I, to beat it because then it'll be over, she says. I need to because <laughs> I like, have. What the hell is that about? I, I have felt as if I cannot emotionally move on to another video game. Like, the fact that I started playing Spider-Man was only because I got it for $16. It was like, oh, I really shouldn't buy Spider-Man until I'm done with Zelda. And then I'm 75% of the way done with Spider-Man. So we saw we saw it, it happen. I got pulled away from what I should have been finishing Zelda. So hopefully, because I won't be on the show next week, because, again, armpit of America, but... We're going to remote you in. <laughs> I don't think we're doing that. Yeah! <laughs> um... <laughs> I hopefully in two weeks will be able to return and tell you what it was like finishing Breath of the Wild. Good. I, I mean, I, I hope that's I hope that's the case. So that's I've my, never beat it, so it'll, it'll be all new to me. That's my gaming moment of the future because I didn't <laughs> okay. do any gaming this fair, week. Fair enough. Uh, we'll swing it over to Miggy real quick. Miggy, you got anything for the uh, the gaming moment or your uh, gaming moment of the week? Uh, well, I guess surprisingly, it's gonna. Involve a lot of mobile gaming. Okay, that's been great. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Episode. <laughs> I guess. I guess I'm glad that I did no gaming other than mobile. Ooh. Part of it was your fault, Grim. You're to blame for part of it. Yes, yes. You have turned me on to uh, the game oh. of 2014, which is Ark. Or was it 2004 or whatever? I don't know. But um, Ark hasn't been out since 2004. Uh, Ark might, might not have been out in 2014. But it's um, been around for a little while though. Yeah. But I pl- I downloaded it, it once before and it, it was horrible. It was trash. So um, after you got the urge to play it, I um, started playing it, and I was something you know told me to just download and check it out again. And I've been playing it like nonstop. It it is very parallel with the uh, the PC and the console version. Graphic wise, is beautiful, um, and it actually whoa. Comparable in what ways? Because don't don't because you you led with graphical right after that. And there's <laughs> no way in hell the mobile version is a comparable graphically. Graphic wise, it's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> for a mobile game. Put uh, that asterisk right there. Come on, I saw. Okay, okay. For, you for, showed me this yes, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I showed it to you. It's 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 beautiful. It's beautiful for a mobile game. It does have some pop in textures, which would be unforgivable if you're playing on a console or a PC with you know, like especially a PC that you own. Um, but I mean, for a mobile game, it, it is really beautiful, and it actually helped me learn how to play the game on the PC because in the mobile game, it gives you a, a checklist on what to do, what to create, and helps you learn the game. So I took that and it translated over to the PC version and helped me kind of um, you know, get my start a little bit quicker, be a little more familiar, so you guys can keep doing what you have to do and i can just say hey i'm working on this so um i've been spending my few lunch breaks um you know trying to find a quiet corner to to play after i get done crying and um i uh downloaded uh to the uh the uh call of duty mobile came out uh, this past week god lord and there's only one thing worse than call of duty that's Call of Duty Mobile. Where do we find these people? <laughs> now, I play Call of Duty and I hate myself for it. But Call of Duty Mobile? I tell you, I get no respect. <laughs> tell us about it, Miggy. I'm, I'm giving you your time. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm dying inside. So, yes, yes. Call of Duty Mobile is going to be full of those, you know, the microtransactions like you would see from a PUBG Mobile, which has surprisingly become more popular than the console version, surprisingly. But um, it... Uh, <laughs> 
But you get all the like the you know they give you the the fifty ads saying saying you know download this hey this is available by the season pass forget all that forget all that noise just go directly <laughs> to the uh, go directly to the the game modes and they have the battle royale mode and they have the familiar um like the multiplayer mode team death match um and they have about four or five maps right now and surprisingly using the screen the touch screens it feels just like you're playing um. Call of Duty on you know console. I'm, I'm like I'm surprised. Like I've been playing it nonstop, like you know oh. going back and forth between that and Ark. But surprisingly, it's a lot of fun. But to appease you to, to ease your heart palpitations, oh. I've been having fun with Cold Vein. So had to weeb out with that. And it's 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 a beautiful game. I had a lot of fun creating some some anime type characters. Um, and I'm I'm, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm loving it. Keep it on the vlogs. Keep it on the vlogs, Miggy. The thing, the thing, the thing here that I'm just gonna say is that you could literally have told us your story about Axiom Verge and how you finally beat the boss that you're stuck at, and that would have been a superior gaming moment of the week than anything you just said. <laughs> it, was, I, it was a superior game moment of the week to me, <laughs> Miggy. I literally came in and just said I didn't play any video games this week, and it was better. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> You're not you know wrong. What? No, I'm just, you know no that, that 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 code vein weeby game. Uh, I think our, I think our man <laughs> Spuds is uh, Sashin's uh, excited about it as well. So that, that actually does look like that a cool game. Co- that game, that code vein weeby game. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> He's like trying to give you some respect, but at the same time, it just comes off as a giant <laughs> insult. Just a backslap to your listen. It's, uh, listen, I could I could I could tell you I like the hat you're wearing and just my general tones. I, you know I like Spider. Man, it still sounded like I was being an ass. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Grim. They won't be here next I like week. Like that hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, no, that actually came off way better than your other statement. <laughs> you even tried. I don't think you could say weeby. From coming from me, I can't say weeby, and it's not any way respectful. <laughs> it really does. It's not, yeah. it's, not, it's not like you're you're, you're kind of shaming me yeah. for my weeby, uh, you know, interest. I am. I embrace you for your weebiness. <laughs> By the way, Arc, Arc Survival Evolved released June second of twenty fifteen. So oh, wow. I said twenty fourteen, kind of close, but it was actually twenty fifteen. But Loki, Loki, I'm not playing Breath of the Wild. I'm going to go to the GameStop in the armpit of America yeah. and buy the Switch version. <laughs> oh God. Oh. Can I crossplay with you guys? Oh, Whew. Um, I heard it runs like uh, yeah, two K, two K WWE I, on the Switch. I would imagine that you probably cannot, uh, you cannot crossplay with us. If you could, I, I hope you don't do that. Your eyes might bleed. I just got new glasses. I'm I good. got excited because when I got an arc, I was like, "There's a Switch version. I'm in trouble." And then I went to go look for it, and you can't like. On the eShop, <laughs> okay, Nintendo doesn't hide anything on the eShop, but ARK is hidden. I swear to God, I searched <laughs> ARK, it wouldn't come up. I had to dig for that game, and when I did, that's when I was like, oh, this is a dumpster fire. Oh, it looks like Turok. <laughs> <laughs> Turok looks better. It doesn't look like the cleaned up new version of Turok no. on the Switch. It looks like the there's a lot of Oh you, my you, god, it's soup uh, sticking you know up you sticking up for you. Uh, weebs for life ban all the non-weebs. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. We, we will overthrow them one day. Oh my god, it's soup probably isn't a mobile gamer though, so like really what we're talking about. Let me let me let me bask in the love while before they find out my shame. Let them let me bask. Yeah. We're going to have to work on your uh, gaming moments of the week, Mickey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you enjoyed uh, it, if you really, truly enjoyed that, then good for you. <laughs> listen, listen. We we have representation from the mobile gaming market. 
we have representation for like the crappy free gaming market and we have representation for what's actually current and exciting in the world of video games. Yeah. So we're covering well rounded. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I played this PlayStation Plus game for twelve minutes before I realized it sucked. <laughs> and you're like, Well, thanks, Dead I <laughs> All right, that's uh, that's our gaming moments of the week. We always like to hear what you guys are up to and uh, talk with you in the Discord, gamesillmedia.com. You head right over to Discord, uh, the button right at the bottom of the screen. Click join. It's free. Talk with gamers from around the world. Gamers from around the world every day. <sighs> that's uh, that's what I got. But uh, I think Dad is going to talk about all our other shows you can listen to. If you like what we're doing here on the Games of Love podcast, we got other shows. Of course, the Legend of Retro, Not Retro Weeby Gaming ones. We've, we've been close to Green Lengths and Weeby shows, we but have, I've, I've shot have. it down every time. Like, there won't be any of that business here. <laughs> I tried to launch them. We gonna fight. Dragon Pod Z. Uh. <laughs> Noiseland Arcade, Simpsons. It's a cartoon, but it's not uh, imported garbage. It is animated in Korea. <laughs> what? <laughs> Noiseland Arcade is our Simpsons podcast. Of course, Noobs and Dragons. It's our tabletop. Is that true? Gaming podcast. Uh, it's either the cult. Yeah, yeah. The, the animation because it's cheaper. They animate it in Korea and send it. It's either animated or colored or something. Man, Cra- Craig and Sean, the arcade fan, would actually know. But yeah, it's like animated in Korea and then sent over here. Interesting. Yeah, fun fact. Uh, <laughs> Let's do retro retro gaming podcast. We was talking about noobs and dragons, our tabletop podcast, of course, the Last Action Podcast. And I have to give a special plug. Uh, all month long, the Last Action Podcast is putting out on Fridays a nightmare on Last Action Podcast with Sphinx and myself, where we're doing uh, little mini shows on some horror movies. So that's something we're having a little bit of fun with, just extra shows for people. And uh, a couple of those are going to be free available in the last extra podcast feed, and then some of them are going to be exclusive to Patreon. So you got to subscribe to our Patreon if you don't want to miss out on uh, all the horror movie goodness from Sphinx and I. That's right. All right. Well, this has been episode 281 of the Games Love Podcast. A special Tuesday edition. Brought to you by our patrons. Thanks, patrons. Yep. Go support us. We need your financial support uh, because doing a podcast ain't free. <laughs> That's true. You're not wrong there. But anyways, thanks for hanging out. Uh, if you want to keep talking about anything PS5 related, the PS4 update, uh, Doom, Doom Eternal Delay, or anything else gaming or just entertainment related, join, join, Miggy, di- join Miggy's Weeb Army. Yeah, jo- yeah right. you could do that. There's a channel for that. We so uh, There's a channel for that in our Discord. So again, gameslowmedia.com. You can find everything that we're doing. And uh, thanks for hanging out. Remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, Weeb on. on. I mean, game on. <laughs>